Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. It is Sunday, December 26th, and I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas. I hope you're having a happy holiday season. This is Thinking Outside the Boombox. This is the last episode of 2021. I am very excited for the Dig Deeper segment um, where I'm going to talk about albums. Last year, I gave you a playlist of my favorite songs of the year. This year, I'm going to talk about albums and projects. But before I get into all of that, you already know what it is. Got to do a little, little house cleaning. Have you heard about the podcast newsletter? I surely hope that you have. But just in case you haven't, the podcast newsletter is where I include links to everything that I talk about in an episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. So on a normal uh, episode, I'd have a song of the week. I'd have a press play segment where I keep you up to date on the hip hop and R&B news that has happened since the past week. And, you know, the links to the music videos, the songs, all of that is in the podcast newsletter. Um, You can go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com. Right on the homepage, if you put in your email address, you will get the podcast newsletter in your inbox every time there's an episode. Or you can go to the newsletter tab at thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com, and all of the newsletters are featured there. Now, this week, we're going to jump right into the Dig Deeper segment. Um, I will still give you a song of the week in the podcast newsletter um, and a, a short, abbreviated press play segment. There wasn't a lot of hip hop and R&B news. Seems like all the artists were getting ready for the holidays as well. Um, but yeah, there is a song of the week. There's a link, um, to, you know, the episode and some albums that came out. So definitely check that out. 
So, um, let's jump right into it this week. Uh, let's jump into the Dig Deeper segment. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It is now time for the Dig Deeper segment. As I mentioned last week, this is my favorite time of the year because I get to talk about my favorite projects and songs from the year. It, 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 it's the most wonderful time of the year. It really is. It really is the most wonderful time of the year. I love reflecting uh, on the past year and really just like marveling at how much music we really get in a year Um, and then how that cycle just repeats itself you know starting like a a month later and we get more music it's just it's never ending and I really do appreciate that Um, so for the dig deeper segment this week I am going to reveal my list of the top 30 albums of 2021. So that's going to consist of 25 that made the main list, five honorable mentions. And then I'm also going to list uh, my top five EPs of the year. Um, I, I I typically don't like to include the EPs in the same list as the albums because, you know, the EPs are generally shorter and they didn't have the same amount of like uh kind of like real estate to work with as the albums you know the concepts aren't you know as the concepts aren't usually as like fleshed out or as intricate like the ep is just like here's some music to hold you over in most cases um whereas albums you know are you know have a lot more thoughts and and planning behind them so it didn't seem right to, you know, compare a five song EP to like a 19 song album with skits. So I decided to separate them out. Um, I took note of all the EPs I really liked this year and then I, I gave my top five. So um, I know most of this year centered around Kanye versus Drake, Donda versus Certified Lover Boy. And those albums did make the list, but likely not where you think. Um, this was a good year for music and I discovered a lot of good music from artists I hadn't heard before. And some of that is reflected in this list, but we also got all time albums from artists who've been in the game for a minute, like Nas, J. Cole, Tyler, the creator, Jasmine Sullivan. So this list includes my top 25 albums of the year, plus five honorable mentions, and then my top five EPs. So 35 projects. This was a great year for music. So let's talk about it. Um, to be eligible, like I mentioned with the top 75 songs last week, to be eligible for this list, uh, the project had to have been released between December 1st, 2020 and November 30th, 2021. Uh, I cut it off early so that I have time to actually craft this list and write all of the the blurbs about them. Because if I went all the way to December, you know, the end of December, I wouldn't have time to release this before the end of the year. Uh, so what I'm going to do because this is a lot of albums for the honorable mentions and the EPs instead of, you know, giving my detailed thoughts about the album or the project, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a few words that come to my mind that describe the album. So kind of just like, I think of this album, what are the like few words that I think really kind of like wrap it up in a nutshell? 
Um, and then for the the 25 albums that made the official list, um, I will talk about them. So let's get started. I'm going to start with the EPs, then I'll do the um, five honorable mentions, and then we'll jump into the list. So my top five EPs for this year, starting with number five, is Homegrown by Van Jess. Uh, some words that come to mind, harmonies, beautiful vocals, pop, R&B. Uh, number four is Limbo by Nyamza, uh, Slept On, Soulful, beautiful songwriting. Number three is Pyrex Picasso by Benny the Butcher, wordsmith, storytelling, aggressive, consistent. Uh, number two is If Orange Was a Place by Tim's. Uh, vibe, all caps, um, distinct, beautiful. And then my favorite EP of the year was called Lost in America by a group called Low Village. Um, I had never heard of them before. This was my first time. And I, I honestly don't even know how they came on my radar. Likely I was um, browsing through the new music uh, on a Thursday at, at 11 p.m. when all the new music goes up. And sometimes I just get a vibe from an album cover and I'm just like, is this hip hop R&B? Yeah, it is. Okay, let me check this out. So that's likely what happened here. I don't know what drew me to this EP, but it was my favorite one of the year. Uh, So I said more than a a few words, but unexpected, favorite, jams, chemistry. So those are my top five EPs for the year. Lost in America by Low Village, If Orange Was a Place by Tim's, Pyrex Picasso by Benny the Butcher, Limbo by Nyamza, and Homegrown by Van Jess. So now let's jump into the honorable mentions. These are the five albums that just like they, they technically made the list, but you know, they they didn't get to be featured in the top 25 where I say a lot of really nice things about them. You know what I mean? Um so starting from five up. Cheers to the Best Memories by Division and Ty Dolla Sign. Nostalgic, underrated. Uh, number four is Drones by Terrace Martin. Unexpected, consistent, jazzy, funky. Number three is Vince Staples by Vince Staples. Uh, enjoyable, safe. Number two is Judas and the Black Messiah, the inspired album uh, by various artists. Uh, Top Loaded. Uh, the the first half of this album is so much better than the bottom half. Uh, exciting, legends, a lot of like legendary artists on this project. And then my number one honorable mention is Bo Jackson by Boldy James and the Alchemist. Intelligent, street, lyricism, God collab. Alchemist and Boldy James. They actually just released uh, another EP before the year even ends. So they've you know, they've got crazy chemistry. So my honorable mentions are Bo Jackson by Boldie James and the Alchemist, Judas and the Black Messiah, the Inspired Album, Vince Staples, his self-titled album, Drones by Terrace Martin, and Cheers to the Best Memories, the collab album by Division and Ty Dolla Sign. So now let's jump into my top 25 albums of 2021. So I'm going to say a little bit about the album and then just so you have a place to start, um, and actually, I just had an idea. Maybe 
I was so what I was gonna say is just so you have a place to start with the album in case you want to check one out. I'm going to give you my favorite tracks um, from each album that I talk about. So the idea I just had was maybe I make a playlist of my favorite tracks from each album. So similar to last week, you'll have a playlist that can help you jump into each project and hear some of my favorite songs. And then if you want to hear more, you can do that. Uh, I just might do that. So uh, check the 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 uh, show descriptions. Uh, it'll probably be in the podcast newsletter as well if I decide to do this. Um, but yeah, I think that'll be a good way for you all to um, hear my favorite songs from each of these albums. Number 25 is Space and Time by Justine Skye. Uh, I really love this album because it felt like someone took a portion of the Aaliyah Timbaland era, put it in a time capsule, and then opened it over 20 years later. Now, I'm not saying Justine Skye is as good as Aaliyah or comparing the two in any way other than saying Justine Skye is clearly influenced by Aaliyah or even influenced by other artists who are influenced by Aaliyah. The Aaliyah sample on the song Innocent, the Justin Timberlake feature on Innocent, uh, the genuine uh, interpolation on the song Intruded, Justine Skye's delivery, Timbaland executive producing the album, the same Timbaland who played a big part in Aaliyah's sound. All of that reflected that era, and it was nice to listen to. Justine also showcased more of herself personally, and I appreciated how good the songwriting was. My favorite tracks from this album, Intruded, Innocent featuring Justin Timberlake, Hey Sucker, and Twisted Fantasy. Number 25 is Space and Time by Justine Skye. Number 24 is Still Over It by Summer Walker. Summer Walker had a pretty long year in the public eye where she showed fans a lot of her personal views, for better or worse. She split with London on the track, her baby daddy, this year after tumultuous two-year relationship filled with infidelity and drama and Summer airing it all out on Instagram. And still over it, she gets to airing it all out on wax. Summer doesn't mince words and even calls London out by name as most of the album details their relationship and Summer's feelings throughout their relationship and after. Still Over It isn't very different sonically from her first album Over It, so if you liked her first album, you'll like this one. Summer explores a new sound a few times on songs like X For A Reason and Dat Right There, but it's more the same as her first album, uh, except with a much sadder tone. I wanted to see more of an evolution between albums, but assuming Summer still wants to make music, she's got time as she's only 25, and she remains one of the current queens of making R&B songs out of relatable content. My favorite tracks are Unloyal featuring Ari Lennox, Toxic featuring Lil Durk, Bitter, You Don't Know Me, and Insane. Number 24 is Still Over It by Summer Walker. Number 23 is Alpha by Charlotte Day Wilson. You may not know who Charlotte Day Wilson is, but she's been around and you've probably heard her voice. She was featured on Daniel Caesar's Freudian on the song Transform. Her song Mountains from this album was sampled in the outro of Fair Trade from Drake's Certified Lover Boy. She's been making music in EP since 2012, but this is her debut studio album. Her voice carries some weight to it. It commands attention when she begins to sing, and she conveys complex emotions within her verses. Her harmonies with other voices and with herself sound like an angelic chorus of voices. The song Mountains was a collaborative song between artists like Babyface, Daniel Caesar, uh, Demile, and more, and it resulted in a beautiful song about a deteriorating relationship. 
keep your ears open for so much more from Charlotte Day Wilson because she is a really good one and I think she's got a lot more to say. My favorite songs, uh, Mountains, Love Sick Utopia, Take Care of You featuring Sid. Number 23 is Alpha by Charlotte Day Wilson. Number 22 is Mother by Cleo Soul. Mother is an incredible album that sees Cleo Soul as a newly made mother, reflecting on the relationships between her and her newborn, as well as her and her own mother. It's an album that's so personal and honest, sometimes I feel like I was <laughs> privy to conversations that I shouldn't have been. Cleo Soul's voice is so delicate, but full of emotion as she gives her newly born child advice and reflects on the lessons and hardships she experienced with her own mother. As usual, Inflow produced this entire album, and they have a special artist-producer connection, you know, from uh, her solo work and also from her work as a part of the mysterious group Salt. Um, and that connection is hard to beat. Between the elusive Salt album and her debut solo album released last year, this album feels so much more important and special. Favorite tracks, Build Me Up, Don't Let Me Fall, Sunshine, 23. Number 22 is Mother by Cleo Soul. Number 21, Hall of Fame by Polo G. Polo G is absolutely one of the artists that I slept on. I judged him by his cover, and I regret that because I was certainly surprised to learn how much depth he had to uncover. I think maybe my initial reaction was due to the fact that he primarily made drill music. He's from Chicago, and that was, you know, the popular, you know, genre of hip-hop out here. Um, but he switched to a more melodic rap sound, and it's pretty clear he's influenced by the late Juice World. They're both from Chicago, similar ages. They were friends and peers. And I think it's clear that the culture is embracing Polo G as an extension of that sound. Hall of Fame has something for everyone. Pain rap, melodic rap, hard-ass trap shit, inspiring songs, love songs, and more. I was surprised at the versatility, especially at such a young age. He got his first number one song on the Hot 100 with Rap Star, and the album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, which is wild. Polo G is a vivid storyteller who brings you into his world so easily with his captivating verses so full of detail. Hall of Fame shows you exactly who he is and what he's about. My favorite tracks are Epidemic, Rap Star, So Real, Gang Gang featuring Lil Wayne, Heart of a Giant featuring Rod Wave. Number 21 is Hall of Fame by Polo G. Number 20, Thicker Than Water by Rum Gold. I think Rum Gold is one of the most exciting new voices I've heard in the past few years. Like the way Baby Rose's voice just sounds so unique that I lost my mind when I first heard, heard it. That's what Rum Gold can do with his voice. It's equally as enthralling. When I think about how to describe his voice, I turn to the song Fix Me from this album, where he hits a silky falsetto in a rich baritone within seconds of each other. Rum Gold crafts poetic songs full of longing, heartbreak, and pain. But not just from his romantic relationships, he also explores familial relationships. The album is really beautiful, and I have a feeling we're just scratching the surface of the masterful art that he can create. My favorite tracks, Fix Me, Niagara Falls, Greed, and Thicker Than Water. Number 20 is Thicker Than Water by Rum Gold. Number 19 is Gold Digger Sound by Leon Bridges. I'm so glad that I read the story behind this album uh, and I'm glad that I did that after I'd already grown to love this album. Leon Bridges has always seemed like an artist who wanted to be the next coming of Sam Cooke. His sound before this album has been very retro, classic soul music from the production down to his delivery. But on Gold Digger's sound, it's different. 
It's jazzy, it's hip, it's fresh, it's soulful in a more contemporary way, and Leon sounds amazing. The story is that this was intentional. He recognized himself as an artist who was slept on and thought of as the retro artist, and he wanted to drop those labels. So he set out to push himself to make music out of his comfort zone, out of his norm. He moved into the Gold Diggers Hotel studio in L.A. and created a space for artists to come in and be a part of his album-creating experience. Most notable of those artists are Ricky Reed, Robert Glasper, Inc., the twin sisters from King, Terrace Martin, and so many more. It's an incredible album because Leon was meant to be a soul R&B artist, and he was able to explore so many other facets of his skill set by removing the limitations from his creative process. I love witnessing artist growth, and I especially love when that growth is so intentional and self-aware. My favorite tracks, Don't Worry featuring Inc., Blue Mesas, Magnolias, Sweeter, and Why Don't You Touch Me. Number 19 is Gold Digger Sound by Leon Bridges. Number 18 is Donda by Kanye West. Kanye is still very much a troubled soul, and there are many things to criticize about Donda. But Donda deserves to be on this list, so let's talk about what's good about Donda. Donda is a great mix of hip-hop and gospel, All of the songs representing each genre are authentically gospel or authentically hip-hop. The bones of this album are very good. It's just that Kanye dressed those bones up so much they became a little unrecognizable. Kanye censored everyone that worked on this album with him, and it wasn't weird. In typical Kanye fashion, he brought the best out of his features. 5 Foreign delivered a career verse, and he got incredible contributions from artists like Baby Keem, Jay Electronica, Travis Scott, Don Tolliver, and so many more. He's an expert in finding the best ways to use artists, chopping up feature contributions like he does a sample. As far as the production on Donda, when it hits, it really hits, but the album as a whole feels unfinished. Kanye has proven that he makes some of his best, most influential work while he's going through something. Hurting, even. 808s from His Mother's Death, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy from Society's Judgment of Him after the Taylor Swift incident, and now a majority of Donda addresses his pending divorce and Split from Kim Kardashian. My favorite tracks from this album, Off the Grid featuring Playboy Cardi and 5 Foreign, Believe What I Say, 24, Lord I Need You, Jesus Lord featuring Jay Electronica, Come to Life. Number 18 is Donda by Kanye West. Number 17 is Certified Lover Boy by Drake. Most of this summer and fall seem to revolve around Kanye versus Drake and Donda versus Certified Lover Boy. Not just because they were beefing, but because they were two of the biggest rap artists in the world. In my opinion, Certified Loverboy and Donda had some similar issues, but the two albums fulfilled different purposes. Certified Loverboy was a more entertaining album, gave me lots of solid hits, sort of a greatest hits album for every version of Drake that you like, and songs I could return to frequently, whereas Donda was a better album from a musical, conceptual, artsy point of view. But Donda falls short in the rankings because of the DaBaby, Marilyn Manson decision that Kanye adamantly included on his album. Now, Certified Loverboy is a good album, but it's a safe album. The production wasn't necessarily breaking new ground or as experimental as 40 and company typically aim to be. It was almost 90 minutes long because Drake included a song or two for every version of himself that fans like. It seemed like this album was meant to please everyone. Depending on what you like, you'll walk away with a few songs. I frequently come back to this album and listen to a good 11, 12 song run, and I'm satisfied. 
Most of the songs on this album are not the greatest Drake songs ever, but they're still very good. Songs that will do numbers and that will grow on you. But Drake was firmly in his comfort zone with no intention to step out of it. Drake said in the promo for this album that people were going to feel a way similar to Views about this album. Views was mostly criticized when it was released, but five years later we realized how good it is. So only time will tell how we feel about Certified Lover Boy. My favorite tracks, In the Bible featuring Lil Durk and Giveon, Pipe Down, 7am on Bridal Path, In Too Deep featuring Future, No Friends in the Industry, Get Along Better featuring Ty Dolla Sign, Knife Talk featuring 21 Savage and Project Pat. Number 17 is Certified Lover Boy by Drake. Number 16 is War and Wonders by D Smoke. D Smoke won Rhythm and Flow, the Netflix show, and grew a much larger following, but somehow I still feel like people are sleeping on him. Neither Rolling Stone nor Pitchfork wrote a review for this album. War and Wonders is his second studio album, and it treads much of the same ground as his first album, Black Habits. But I feel like the production definitely reached a new level. Uh, conceptually, I do think because Black Habits was his introduction to the world, he was doing everything he could to remain authentic, but show as much of himself and his skills as he could. War and Wonders doesn't hit as hard, but it's still a great album. D Smoke continues to display his strong lyricism and storytelling while collaborating with dope artists like John Legend, Ty Dolla Sign, Westside Boogie, Tobey Nwigwe, and more to make incredible songs. Listen to D Smoke's body of work and catch up before it's too late because he has yet to make his most important work. My favorite tracks Dirty Mercedes, Crossover featuring Westside Boogie, Find My Way featuring Tobey Nwigwe and BJ the Chicago Kid. Common Sense featuring Sir and Stay True featuring John Legend. Number 16 is War and Wonders by D Smoke. Number 15 is Mood Valiant by Hiatus Coyote. Mood Valiant might be my favorite Hiatus Coyote album. It wonderfully fuses the group's neo-soul intricacies with a supreme jazzy sound, but jazzy in the way that the album is unpredictable. It's vibrant and free. Napalm, the lead singer and guitarist, is more compelling than ever, and the rest of the band sounds so unified supporting her. The album is incredibly poetic and deep as it explores and questions life in beautiful ways. Napalm wrote and composed a lot of the songs on this album while she was undergoing breast cancer treatments, so that definitely affected her point of view and resulted in some powerful sentiments. On the song Chivalry is Dead, she ponders the creation of life through the perspective of different animals in nature. The songwriting on the last two songs, Stoner, Lavender, and Blood and Marrow, is especially beautiful. I think if you spend some serious time with this album, you'll walk away with something special. My favorite tracks, Chivalry is Not Dead, All the Words We Don't Say, Red Room, and Stone or Lavender. Number 15 is Mood Valiant by Hiatus Coyote. Number 14 an Evening with Silk Sonic by Silk Sonic. After Silk Sonic teased us with Leave the Door Open, I highly anticipated hearing more of Bruno and Anderson Pot collaborating. They instantly showcased some serious chemistry, and both of their histories with soulful music and R&B excited me with the possibilities. They did not disappoint. An Evening with Silk Sonic pays serious uh, homage to classic soul, picking up where 24 Karat Magic left off Bruno's uh, last solo album. This album is a dope fusion of R&B and funk, and with Anderson's contributions, rap. Uh, Demile, who I think I actually meant to mention him earlier when I talked about uh, Charlotte Day Wilson's album, I mentioned that the song Mountains, uh, she collaborated with Babyface, Daniel Caesar, and Demile. 
Now, pay attention to anything Demile touches. He's got nine Grammy nominations in four years for his work with Lucky Day and Her. He's got a Grammy win for Song of the Year uh, for I Can't Breathe uh, with Her and Tierra Thomas. And an Oscar for Fight For You from the Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack, also with her. Uh, and I believe Tierra Thomas as well. So not only that, but Demile, um, he continues his incredible year by being tapped to compose the entire An Evening With Sosonic album. So you know his resume is stacked now. Um, they got Babyface to do background vocals on the song Put On A Smile an Evening with Silk Sonic was an album that resulted from two like-minded artists just feeling creative, but honestly, because of Bruno's star power, it got way more eyes on it than if Anderson Pac had made an album with Ty Dolla Sign or something like that. Um, but they are the perfect match as they push each other musically, Anderson hitting notes he'd never tried before and Bruno having a lot more fun in these records. And on top of that, they're making smooth love jams and ballads. After Last Night is one of the funkiest jams to come out of this collaboration. And just imagine what they left on the cutting room floor. My favorite tracks, Leave the Door Open, Smoking Out the Window, After Last Night featuring Thundercat and Bootsy Collins, and Put on a Smile. Number 14 is An Evening with Silk Sonic by Silk Sonic. Um, I think that is a good time to take a break so I can drink some water. I will be right back. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back. Let's jump right into the list. Um, Number 13, The House is Burning by Isaiah Rashad. So I didn't love this album as much as the rest of the world. I've seen so many comments about how this is album of the year or top five album of the year. I think Isaiah Rashad is an incredible artist in that I don't know another artist like him. And every album from him has such a specific vibe that is so unique to him. 
I love listening to his music most when I want to zone out, headphones in, because his sound is an experience. It's perfect for a night drive. His albums are usually so somber, and there was always a base layer of sadness, but The House is Burning is fun above all. This album adds even more to his soundscape. Songs like R.I.P. Young, Chad, and Lay Witcher channel that southern sound that's forever a foundation for his albums. He gets emotional on the standout song Score with SZA and Black. But most of all, he remains vulnerable and introspective. His flows are unlimited and he feels so free musically on this album. If I want an album that will put me in a good mood, make me want to dance, make me turn up, make me think all in one, this is one of my first choices. He approached the creation of this album after a stint in rehab, and this is the first album he recorded completely sober. It's clear that Isaiah shines the brightest when under the influence of nothing but survival and his own creativity. My favorite tracks, Headshots for the Locals, From the Garden featuring Lil Uzi Vert, Lay Witcha featuring Duke Deuce, Score featuring SZA in Black, Hey Mister, What You Said featuring Cal Banks and Dochi. Number 13 is The House is Burning by Isaiah Rashad. Number 12 is Goldmouth by Lute. I feel like Lute is one of the Dreamville artists that sounds the most like a young J. Cole as far as the content and sound of his music is concerned. Uh, I feel the same way about Kaz, another Dreamville artist. I feel like Lute always raps like he's hungry. He raps like he hasn't made it yet. But in fact, one of the most apparent differences between Goldmouth and his previous work is him rapping about his increased fame and all that comes with it. This is only his second studio album, but it sounds so much more polished than his debut and his mixtape. Despite there being few repeat producers between songs on the album, they crafted a pretty cohesive sound. The album represents a soulful brand of hip-hop, and Lute's intricate flows, pensive bars, and versatile sound are a standout. His collaborators get just as reflective as him, with incredible verses from Saba and the legend's little brother, uh, Fonte and Big Pooh both from his home state, North Carolina, and who also serve as the sequencer for the album and his manager. So he's got a a nice working relationship and personal relationship with Little Brother. Lute has lived a lot of life between his last album and now, and he treats this album like a therapy session, inviting us all to see into his world. Favorite tracks are Birdsong featuring Saba and Jid, Life, Amen featuring Little Brother, Be Okay, and Changes featuring BJ the Chicago Kid, Number 12 is Goldmouth by Lute. Number 11 is Temporary Highs in the Violet Skies by Snow Allegra. Snow Allegra is a Swedish soul singer and songwriter currently signed to legendary producer No ID's Artium record label. Uh, This album is her third studio album and I think her most cohesive project to date, competing heavily with her last album, Ugh, Those Feels Again. Snow Allegra has such a serene, soulful voice, and this album explores many instances of heartbreak, but her songwriting approaches each instance with such a strong sense of understanding and wisdom that her songs will make you reflect. Sonically, like all her projects, this album is a soulful soundscape that dips between many genres adjacent to R&B. She channels some Janet on In Your Eyes, the production on Lost You sounds like vintage Sade, and she collaborates so well with so many artists. Tyler, the creator, and Pharrell both produced the songs they were featured on on this album, and all three songs are clear standouts. Snow's vivid imagery and palpable verses will have you feeling like you just got broke up with, so by all means, listen to this album, but keep the tissues nearby. Favorite tracks are Lost You, We Don't Have to Talk About It, In Your Eyes, On My Mind featuring James Fauntleroy, and In the Moment featuring Tyler, the creator. 
Number 11 is Temporary Highs in the Violet Skies by Snow Allegra. All right, top 10. These are my 10 favorite albums from 2021. Number 10 is Fire in Little Africa by Fire in Little Africa. To commemorate the 100th anniversary of the 1921 Tulsa Massacre, which was a race riot where mobs of white people destroyed one of the wealthiest black communities in the United States, Greenwood in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and murdered many of its residents, a collective of artists, singers, rappers, poets, producers, etc., got together to create a project called Fire in Little Africa. That's also the name of their collective. They recorded the album in the now Skyline Mansion, which was the home of a former KKK member, now bought by an NFL player from Tulsa. The idea started as a doctoral program project and eventually expanded to local artists coming together, inspired by Revenge of the Dreamer 3, to record the project in five days. There were almost 70 rappers, producers, singers, poets, musicians, and more that came together to commemorate Tulsa. They don't shy away from what happened 100 years ago, mentioning it and its effects on the community frequently. They explore the connections between the Tulsa Massacre and what's still happening to black people everywhere. They made love songs. They made party songs. They made serious, introspective rap songs. But most of all, they gave Tulsa a voice. This was easily one of the most important albums released this year. My favorite tracks, Party Plane, P.O.D., Reparations, Raw Cocaine, Young and Free, and Been Through It All. Number 10 is Fire in Little Africa by Fire in Little Africa. Number 9, The Melodic Blue by Baby Keem. Baby Keem teased us with new songs all year, only one of which would actually end up on the album. But the fervor for his album really kicked in when he released the fiery collaboration with his cousin Kendrick Lamar. It was clear to the world when he released Die For My Bitch, his mixtape, that he was a special talent. But The Melodic Blue is beyond what I envisioned he could accomplish in a debut album. This album is so wavy and is constructed and arranged very well. He gets super personal and pensive on issues and scars. Both songs influenced by 808s and Heartbreaks Kanye and even samples two songs from that album. He wraps his ass off and holds his own alongside Kendrick, Travis Scott, and Don Tolliver. But for the most part, he handles this album on his own, showing and proving that his technical skills as a rapper have largely improved. He could have easily gotten a shit ton of features because of his connections or otherwise, but he made the debut album he wanted to make and showcased so much versatility. He creates absolute vibes with Rosalia on the intro song Trademark USA and with Brent Fayez on Lost Souls. He takes a lot of risks, experimenting with flows, melodies, hooks, and more. It's not perfect, but Baby Keem shows that he has what it takes to be a long-term player in this game. My favorite tracks, Lost Souls featuring Brent Fayez, Family Ties with Kendrick Lamar, Range Brothers with Kendrick Lamar, Issues, Scars, and Do-Rag Activity featuring Travis Scott. Number nine is The Melodic Blue by Baby King. Number eight is We Are by John Batiste. There was a lot I didn't know about John Batiste before this year, although I've heard his name and seen his face so many times. I didn't know he was the musical director of The Atlantic Magazine or the creative director of the National Jazz Museum in Harlem. I didn't know he came from a long line, a dynasty of band members. I didn't know he had a band and that they were the nightly band on Stephen Colbert's show since 2015. But I did know that he co-composed Disney's uh, movie Soul with Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And so I know he was a musical mastermind that created beautiful landscapes with his music. That is ever so true on We Are. Batiste describes the album as a representation of genreless music that's just about the story and a culmination of his life to this point. 
It's nominated for eight Grammys this year, including Album of the Year, in categories in the classical, American roots, and R&B categories. The pandemic uh, in George Floyd and Breonna Taylor protests took place while he was making this album, and the effects of those incidents are weaved into the fabric of this project. Despite its genreless leanings and direction, I couldn't listen to this album and not hear jazz, not hear soul, not hear R&B, and thus not include it. We Are is a work of art with its timeless callbacks to an older soul sound rooted in gospel and R&B and jazzy outbursts and beautiful, vivid visuals to accompany it. Join me in listening to all of his old work because I know it's going to be worth it. My favorite tracks from this album, Freedom, I Need You, Sing, Boyhood featuring Trombone, Shorty, and PJ Morton, and Show Me The Way. Number eight is We Are by John Batiste. Number seven is Hotels by Jasmine Sullivan. Jasmine Sullivan creates her best work in a comeback season. Before this album, Reality Show was her best, and that came five years after her last album. Hotels is her fourth studio album, and it arrives six years after Reality Show, and it's amazing. Hotels is a concept album. That's half skits, half songs. That's all about women taking the power back. There's a skit and a song for every theme Jasmine and her cohort of women tackle. It's about femininity. It's about sexual freedom, sexual empowerment, heartbreak, being given the same leniency that men get when it comes to relationships. It's a beautiful album. Vocally, Jasmine is at the top of her game, being able to be so powerful and so gentle at the same time. Lost One remains the most emotional, heartbreaking song on the album. But at the same time, she can have fun with Ari Lennox talking about sex for the song on it. It's a versatile album that was too short and could have kept Anderson Pac's verse before an album that dropped in January. It lost no steam by the end of the year. Favorite tracks on it featuring Ari Lennox, Girl Like Me featuring her, Pick Up Your Feelings, Lost One. Number seven is Hotels by Jasmine Sullivan. Number six is Shelly, formerly known as Drum, by Shelly, formerly known as Drum. Uh, Shelly has been going through some stages of growth over the past few years and decided to start assuming his real name, Shelly, as his stage name instead of Drum. Not only that, but he decided to change his style. The man that brought you the bubbly, fun song dedicated to weed, Broccoli, is now making sultry R&B slow jams, and he's very good at it. It's not like he never tried his hand at it before. His work with The Social Experiment, his song Caretaker with SZA, are all pure gold. His self-titled album is only 38 minutes long, but man, he packs so much in. This is an album full of baby-making music, sultry ballads, and soulful songs of love. Exposure and The Lay Down are some of the sexiest songs released this year, and it's not just the expressive production, but also the intention and thoughtful lyrics that Shelley deploys. His partners in crime are Summer Walker, her, and another beautiful collab with Erica Badu, and vocally, his unique sound has never been better. This album dropped in April, and I was convinced it would be the best R&B album I'd hear all year, and it was pretty damn close. My favorite tracks, Exposure, Something About Us, Cooking With Grease, Remedies, The Lay Down featuring her and Watt, and 93 Acura Vigor featuring Erica Badu. Number six is Shelly, formerly known as Drum, by Shelly, formerly known as Drum. All right, the top five albums of 2021. And I will tell you, it is a tie for the fourth, <laughs> the fourth spot between... King's Disease 2 by Nas, 
in the offseason by J. Cole, tied for fourth. So let's start with King's Disease 2. When Nas released King's Disease last August, I marveled at how fucking good he still is. With Hitboy as the executive producer for the album, it was like it was like collaborating with Hitboy unlocked something in him that allowed him to sound more free, in direct contrast to the Kanye-produced Nazir album he dropped in 2018. Hitboy and Nas are like Kobe and Shaq when it comes to their chemistry. And that album was Nas's best work in a very long time, King's Disease. He got his first Grammy off of it for Best Rap Album. It was my eighth favorite album last year, my fourth favorite rap album. 50 weeks later, he and Hitboy run it back with King's Disease 2. I don't know if they always intended to make two albums or if these songs were quote-unquote leftovers from the first album, but that would be wild because this album is better than the original. There were fewer features, but each feature had a specific purpose. Nas gave us special moments on this album, uh, detailing him squashing his beef with Tupac before he was murdered on Death Row East, getting Eminem and EPMD on the remix of EPMD he made for the Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack, reuniting with Lauryn Hill on Nobody. He sounds more focused than he's ever been. His bars are sharp, and he and Hitboy are untouchable. I couldn't choose between this album and the offseason, so this comes in as my third favorite rap album released this year. 14 albums in, and Nas is still out here cooking. Favorite tracks, Nobody featuring Miss Lauren Hill, Store Run, Brunch on Sundays featuring Blast, Rare, EPMD featuring Eminem and EPMD, and My Bible. Uh, tied for fourth is King's Disease 2 by Nas. And it is tied with The Offseason by J. Cole. There are less than a handful of albums on this list that were less anticipated than this one. At the end of last year, Cole posted that list of what he has yet to check off his quote-unquote bucket list. The only uncrossed entries were The Offseason, It's a Boy, and The Fall Off. When J. Cole finally announced The Offseason, I feel like the collective energy and anticipation was palpable. Hip-hop was waiting for that Cole drop. Cole approached the offseason like a veteran who's in his prime, but has a few more statements to make and things to prove before he hangs it up for good, and he 100% succeeded. From the menacing opening bars on 95 South with Cameron and that Little John sample, to Cole linking once again for a banger with 21 Savage, to Cole and Lil Baby going bar for bar, Cole oversees most of the production, but it helps that he's assisted by producers like Timbaland and Boy Wanda. He switches between multiple flows. His rhyme schemes were intricate. He was rapping like he was still hungry, like he has more to achieve. In the offseason, Cole continued to perfect his craft, pushing his rapping to places it hadn't been before, and made the best rap album in his discography. And he did all that to see, just to see if he could. It's a great album concept, and even better that he executed it so well. I truly believe whatever he has coming next will be just as exciting. My favorite tracks, 95 South. My Life featuring Murray and 21 Savage, 100 Mil featuring Boz, Pride is the Devil featuring Lil Baby, Close, The Climb Back, Let Go My Hand featuring Boz, and Black. Tied with King's Disease 2 by Nas at number 4 is The Offseason by J. Cole. Number 3, Back of My Mind by Her. I know I said this about Shelly, formerly known as Drum, but two months later when this album dropped, I was convinced that I had not heard or would not hear a better R&B album this year. And I was right. This is my favorite R&B album released this year. In this calendar year, before this album was released, Her had already won two Grammys, one being Song of the Year, and an Oscar for Best Original Song. Two months later, she released her debut studio album, 
And Back of My Mind is not only a journey through her soul, it's a journey through soul itself. On Bloody Water, she channels Marvin Gaye like she does on Fight For You from the Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack. On songs like Paradise and Back of My Mind, she embraces a more contemporary style of R&B, something she's done on past EPs, but now she's got any feature in the best production at her disposal. She reaffirms that she's a queen of ballads, writing a bevy of songs about failing relationships from both her and her love interest perspectives. This album is 21 songs, 79 minutes, although for me personally, the album ends at track 19. And at no point did I ever get tired of listening to her because she sounded so good and she explored so many different parts of a relationship and she pretty much only had features on a third of the album. She has quickly ascended to become one of the most consistent R&B darlings who's just getting started. My favorite tracks, Back of My Mind featuring Ty Dolla Sign, Closer to Me, My Own, Paradise featuring Young Blue, For Anyone, and Exhausted. Number three is Back of My Mind by her. So, the second tie of this year's list is a tie for first place between Call Me If You Get Lost by Tyler the Creator and Sometimes I Might Be Introvert by Lil Sims. I've re-listened to these albums so many times. I came up with a five-category grading rubric to figure out which one was my favorite because I was so stuck and I still didn't come to a winner. These are both of my favorite albums this year for different reasons. Let's start with Call Me If You Get Lost. Tyler has been growing as an artist consistently over the past decade, and out of all of his projects since that change, none were as rap-heavy as this one. Tyler handpicks DJ Drama to host the album, just like he's hosted many classic mixtapes in the past, and that alone made this a project unlike anything Tyler has ever made. The album is still conceptual, centered around Tyler's love for travel, and he is rapping his ass off from the very first song. I feel like we haven't heard Tyler jump from beat to beat with such aggressive flows and impressive wordplay before. He's never been that type of rap artist, always more experimental. But he crushes this. He collaborated with unexpected artists like 4-2 Doug and NBA Youngboy. He reconnects with artists like Pharrell, Lil Wayne, and Damo Genesis. He's still out here producing every single track. He makes some of the best rap music of his career. And it seems like more than a coincidence that this album is the one that follows Igor. Igor, the album that won Best Rap Album at the Grammys, and it was hardly a rap album. And that was something that Tyler was publicly confused by. Well, there's no confusion this year why this album is nominated for Best Rap Album. Tyler made an incredible project while continuing to remain completely authentic. Favorite tracks, What's Your Name featuring Ty Dolla Sign and NBA Youngboy, Lemonhead, Juggernaut featuring Pharrell and Lil Uzi Vert, Wilshire, Sweet, I Thought You Wanted to Dance featuring Brent Fias and Faina Hughes. And number, well, they're both tied for first, but the, the final album of 2021 that captured my heart, Sometimes I Might Be Introvert by Little Sims. Little Sims was already in the conversation after she dropped Gray Area, her 10-song, 35-minute third studio album that wasted not one second of airtime. It was a flawless album where Lil Sims proved that she was a goddess MC. Two years later, she reconnects with Inflow, the producer who has done just as much to help craft her sound as he has for Cleo Soul and Salt. She spreads her wings and creates an album of much larger scale and scope. It's her most honest and reflective album to date. She gets very personal, reflecting on her lack of relationship with her father on I Love You, I Hate You. She raps from many different perspectives, from the perspective of her cousin and black boys with his story on Little Q Part 2, from the perspective of two personalities on Rolling Stone. 
She celebrates her African roots on Point and Kill and Fear No Man. This album is a masterclass in rap and effective storytelling. But what makes the album so special are the skits and how they connect to the album. She tapped Emma Corrin, who plays Princess Diana in the fourth season of The Crown, as sort of a fairy godmother character who appears in skits to motivate Lil Sims and inspire her and give her advice. Her voice, Emma Corrin's voice, paired with the lush production and instrumentation, gives this album sort of a fantastical vibe as Sims takes us on her journey and allows us to experience her growth. It's such a thoughtful album. It's such an emotionally intelligent album, and it's easily... My favorite album from this year, my favorite tracks, Woman featuring Cleo Soul, I Love You, I Hate You, Speed, Rolling Stone, Point and Kill featuring Obong Jayar, and How Did You Get Here. Tied for first with Call Me If You Get Lost by Tyler the Creator is Sometimes I Might Be Introvert by Little Sims. That is it. That is the list. Those, those were the albums and projects that dominated my time this year. Um... It was a good year. It was a really good year for music. This is the last time I will be doing this list on the podcast as this is the final season. Um, I really, really enjoy kind of talking about hip hop and R&B albums and especially reflecting on them at the end of the year and getting to re-experience them at the end of the year when I'm trying to rank them. I just think it's really fun. So thank you all for listening. Um... You know, if you want to see my top albums and songs from past years, if you go to uh, thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com and you go to the extra content tab, um, you'll see links to my top songs. Um, each link uh, goes to, uh, it links to uh, the newsletter for that episode. So you can you can still access the playlists from previous years. So if you were like, yo, these playlists are dope. I want to hear your top songs playlist from 2015. It's up there. If you go if you go through the extra content tab um, and click through, all of the links are still updated. I keep all of those playlists open. So definitely check out those playlists and check out what albums I was feeling um, a few years back. So that is it for the Dig Deeper segment and for this episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. You already know what it is. You can uh, find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TOTB the podcast. ThinkingOutsideTheBoombox.com is the website. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, this is the last episode of 2021. You will next hear me uh, next Sunday on, what is that? I believe January 3rd, uh, whatever next Sunday's <laughs> date is. I will be discussing the most anticipated albums of 2022, um, and then I'm taking a break till January 23rd, uh, when I will come back with another farewell tour uh, episode, so very excited about that. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. Peace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.